0: Holy Madness is brought to you by JewishCoffeeHouse.com <laughs> This podcast cured my pumpkin spice addiction, helped my Uggs fit on my feet, and even got me into those extra
1: small yoga pants. Without Holy Madness, I'd still be lost in translation. It's Holy Madness. With the You're listening to episode 17 of The Holy Madness, the unintelligently designed episode.
0: (laughs) Is that a comment on our
1: podcast? (laughs) Well, no, it's a comment on the creative process and the chaos and the filtering and the survival of the maybe fittest ideas
0: so it's a comment on our podcast yeah yeah I mean look if there is something that is unintelligently designed this might be it
1: well okay so my my friend Marty who's the the great poet so Marty has this crazy creative process where he will write a dozen poems and then sort of look at them and mix and match and slice and splice and like, well, that was a good line, that was a good line, and ah, get rid of the rest of this. And in the end, from these dozen poems, he will have maybe six poems, but they're like really dense for imagery, and they say things, but not at all what he started with. Right. And for him, he looks at it as, he always hedges this he, because he doesn't want to sound pretentious in any way. He's not pretty, He's one of the least pretentious people I know. Yeah. But he looks at it as his way of accessing something like Navua, something like Ruach HaKodesh, the, a spirit beyond himself, mm-hmm. where he's able to, you know, he's putting something down on paper and then he's letting something else emerge from that through what he's doing. Yeah. But going beyond his intelligence, he so couldn't intelligently design
0: it. I have a similar example. Um, so there's this guy named uh, David Gilmore who hmm. uh, plays guitar. Okay. Uh, I used to play for a band that was called um, Pink Floyd. Oh, yeah. may I've have heard, heard of, of them. them. Yeah. yeah. So one of their most famous pieces of music is the song Comfortably Numb. Mm, yes. And the live version that was played on the Pulse tour mm-hmm. has this, like, nine-minute long guitar solo, mm. which is one of the most powerful pieces of music that I've ever heard, in all honesty. And it turns out that the way he wrote it was he went to the studio. Mm-hmm. Played through the song like 500 times and just, you know, jammed out and then went back, listened to all of them and mapped out the bars he liked
1: and, and then put them together. together. Oh, wow. Very similar to what you were describing. Wow. See, I can see how that works in poetry, but having done a lot of music composition, whew, it's hard. It's not remember. easy. Well, it's hard to even think about how that would.
0: I, I have no idea. Well, listen, I'd... this is why he's from the Gdoylum oh. and uh, the, the great ones, the masters. Um but anyways Yeah. I mean look the way we string together our episodes is amazingly uh chaotic.
1: Well I guess the the thing that's disorienting for me is that if it's You know this process- is really meta. Because we're discussing how we do episodes <laughs> as an episode. And that's kind of the nature of the Omer period. In a way. Yeah. The recursion, the Because when we go from Pesach to Shavuot, from Passover to the Feast of Weeks. Is that how people say it in English? Uh, I think it's the Feast of Weeks. Okay, it's feast. No festival. Festival of weeks. I think, but it's not a weekly festival. Is
0: it a Pentecost?
1: That's the Christian version.
0: Pentecost? We don't call it that because that that's fifty, but we only count forty-nine.
1: Right, and the point of they counting. get
0: it from the pasuk which says you should count fifty days, but we don't, because if there's one thing a Jew will do, it's just not what he was told. Well, <laughs> Moses, go to Pharaoh. Oh, what you mean is we should start this whole wild movement? <laughs> Moses, don't eat a kid in its mother's milk. Ah, so you mean two separate dishes, six hours in between, and uh... how about we add chicken in, even though that has nothing to do with a kid or milk. Moses, do whatever you want. <laughs> That's kind of how it goes. But, but on that note, hmm. I think it's a, not a bad oh. segue. Nah, I don't like that joke at all. Okay, keep going. Though. I love that joke. I, I, know, really, you I know I really doing. believe there's a lot of truth to it. Not about Moses per se, but about how things have evolved. <laughs> like, like, look, the, to me, the humor in the joke is that, you know, you, find, you there are people who come to Judaism through the Bible, And I I know a few. Mm -hmm. And they are
1: extremely shocked (laughs) because none of it's what it says. Well, then on the other hand, actually, this is another Marty story. Marty was sitting in Svat, like in the mid-80s. Ooh, that's hazardous to your health. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) There are other stories there. And he must have run into one of the first Chinese twerk groups to come through here. Okay. And they were in Svat of all places. It's not an easy place to get to in the mid-80s. Right. And uh, he's sitting in a cafe someplace and they're all sort of pointing at him and they're pointing at his tzutut. Right. And he realizes what's going on. And he walks over and he shows them the tzutut and he said, that's right, your God wore these. And they're like, oh, so it really is what, exactly what we thought. Those are the fringes on the garment. And it was a shock for them. Like, oh, we were waiting to see what that looked like. And there it is. It's real. Right. Okay. So
0: contrast I, that though, mm-hmm. because I wandered off somewhere in upstate New York mm-hmm. and it was in my, uh, I'm a Jew, you know, and I'm proud and you phase. So I was wearing my t- seat over my t-shirt mm-hmm. in like literally middle of nowhere in New York. And somebody walked over to me. It was in a Walmart. Mm-hmm. Walmart's are magnets for strange occurrences. I think they, they, they create them.
1: Usually it's in the middle of the night, too, I think. Yeah, yeah, right? no,
0: it was. Yeah. It was like 2 in the morning. Yeah. We're like playing freeze tag there. I don't know. It was one of these things we did. I used and... to go juggling in supermarkets. Well, like in the produce aisle? Exactly. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> we wouldn't use the knives in the supermarkets, but we would test the produce in the supermarkets before integrating it into our act. Ah, okay. Not not bad. Oh, What was, like, the
0: biggest fruit you ever juggled? Cantaloupe. We did cantaloupe frequently. Nice. Because if you always said watermelon, I'd have to, like, have some newfound grudging respect for your abilities.
1: Watermelon is heavy and awkward, but not impossible if you pick one on the smaller side. But the the hardest things are when you pair heavy things with light things.
0: Because their rates of movement are different.
1: No. But getting your hands adjusted to the variable weights while you're juggling it is a challenge. Ah. You can do that, but cool. then if they're also different shapes, it becomes really tricky. So doing cantaloupes and like parsnips Bananas. at the same time yeah, very difficult. Cool. For me.
0: Yeah, I, I can't juggle, so also for me. Anyway, so this person sees me and stops me and goes, what is that? I said, they're fringes. He goes, why do you wear them? Because it's in the Bible. And he goes, I've read the whole Bible. It's not in there. I said, <laughs> I said it's in the old one. He says, I read that too. Said, it's in there twice. I said, what are you talking about? I said, yeah. He says, where? This is like before the days of smartphones. You can like whip it out. Right. So uh, I, I said, I, I don't remember the one in Deuteronomy, but there's one in Numbers right after the story of the spies.
1: That's a great reference point for him.
0: Right. Well, I, was, I didn't. I did not know the chapter numbers, and uh, what am I going to say? It's, right. it's at the end of Parsha Shlach. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so, so I was like, it's right after the the, the story This the spies. And he like, I he took up like a pen and a little notepad or something. He wrote it down for himself, and and he was just like shocked. I like hmm. I, I didn't know. So it turns out I don't know why I ran into him again. Maybe he worked there. I, I have fuzzy memories of this. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I ran into him again. That's amazing. And he's like, I looked it up, and you're right. I'm like. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> this may surprise you. And he goes, "I don't, I don't know why we don't do this." "Because it was abrogated, according to you guys." Well, that's not so simple. I, right? Yes, but I was nineteen, yeah. so yeah, I understand. So he's like, "Yeah, but I, I mean, you know, it, it's 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 a good thing. If you see it, you'll remember." Uh, uh, I was like, "Yeah, I mean, you can just write it down for yourself. Also, you don't have to like wear fringes." No, but God said it was fringes. He said, yeah, but he didn't say what they're supposed to look like. Maybe they're tassels. If you wear a scarf mm-hmm. with like, you know, a nice, uh, you know, the, the nice like, uh, it's not embroidery. Like, like you know,
1: Here, look at the black Hebrews. They're, mm-hmm. the, the group, they're mostly in Damona. I met a guy in Tel Aviv years ago and he, he had tzitzit, but they were, he just did them in a totally different way. Because they, There's
0: this book. Of this guy who decided to live according to the Bible strictly yes. for a year. And yes. he writes about how mm-hmm. he knew he had to make fringes, but he had no idea what they should look like. Right. The same thing. Yeah. So anyways, this guy got all confused. He's Jewish like so... Jewish guy, by the way. Yeah, but he was like raised Christian or something. It, at least the one in my head, that's how I remember it. I saw this years ago, though. Hmm. could be fuzzy.
1: But anyways, he's like so... Oh, you know who he did? The adulterers. He had to stone adulterers. So he took little pebbles... And he walked through Central Park asking people if they had ever had an affair. And then <laughs> he threw little pebbles at them.
0: <laughs> I'm sure they all thought that was hilarious. No, really. I, I would think it's hilarious. If a guy explained to me what he was doing. Exactly. Like, yeah, Yeah. It's, yeah sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, not a bad place to go if that's what you're looking out for.
1: <laughs> it's either a great place to tell jokes or to get your butt kicked. <laughs>
0: Well, it's, just, it's true. It depends when he did this. Because, like, if yeah. he did it now, it's kind of a clean place. Like, people just find it
1: amusing. He probably also had a really big beard. Yeah, it's true. He it was probably pretty spooky looking.
0: <laughs> anyway, so the guy's like, so wait, so how do you know? How, how do you guys know this is how it's supposed to be? I'm like, well, we have this whole oral tradition to this part of the religion. He's like, you do? Have so you ever heard of the Talmud? He's like, yeah. I'm like, well, that's what it is. And he had no idea.
1: What did he think it was?
0: He just thought it was some weird book. Ah. Of Like laws.
1: Uh-huh. Which, in some a way, <laughs> he's not wrong.
0: <laughs> but, but it was this. He's like, I said, you never noticed that the Bible isn't really all that explanatory? How did he take that? So he was he was like, what do you mean? I said, well, what we're discussing. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it says make fringes. doesn't say what they should look like. doesn't say what you make them out of. doesn't say, uh, you know, uh, it, it gives you a color, which you'll notice we don't do. And uh, et cetera, et cetera. And, and he goes, yeah. I'm like, so this is the ongoing conversation of how to interpret that. What do you guys do? Great he, question. Right. And he just stopped him dead cold and he walked off like, I, I don't know. Wow. I felt bad. Yeah. I like, I really felt bad. I like created this crisis of, of, of faith in this guy, or at least, I mean, I'm giving myself a lot of credit. Well, no, he walked <laughs> off and then stopped for a minute and goes, we don't have to interpret it. And that was it. let take the literal meaning. Or wish, just ignore it. Which case, I don't know I don't how religious the guy was. What is the literal meaning? Yeah. So, uh,
1: yeah. I don't even remember how we got here. That's a well, sign of a good episode. <laughs> in that case, let me break briefly to wish everybody a Lag Sameach. We're coming up on the 33rd day of the Omer. We are not there yet. That's okay. got to
0: be the most arcane, weird holiday we have Cause at least the other ones have like imposing names, right? It's like the Feast of Tabernacles. Whoa, sounds, you know, sounds like musty and no, old and something. No. Yeah, it does. Listen, we've got one that's called
1: Head of the Year, one that's called Oh come on, everybody calls it New Year's. Fine. But then you have Huts. No, that's Feast of the Tabernacles. I know, it's Huts.
0: No, you're saying Huts. But if you if you look it up in, like, all these musty old books with the translation, they call it Feast of Tabernacles, which sounds oh, awesome.
1: Oh, you're saying you want a musty translation. They sound so imposing and wonderful. Basically, you want a musty translation of Lagba Omer. No, that's the thing. Then it's just, like, the 33rd day of the Omer, which no. is non-explanatory. No, we could do, do better. Yeah. We can do the 3 and 30th day of the barley oh, measure. Oh, give me a
0: break. See now that sounds Musty.
1: It it does, but I'm gonna bottle that and sell it as an aftershave. Oh, that's musk, not must. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Honestly, I would do an aftershave of old books. That would, that would, yeah. that would be nice. Yeah yeah.
1: Anyway. So Lag samach everybody. Happy uh three and thirty Days of the Barley Measure, even if it's not exactly when you're listening to this, but that particular day is of special importance, and maybe we'll talk about that at some point, but I just want to put that out there, and I wanted to mention also that... If you're enjoying the podcast, this crazy conversation so far, um, please be sure to subscribe. You can do that on the website, which is holymadness.org. And you can also do it via iTunes or any podcast application. The best way to get in touch with us, by the way, and we'd love to hear from you, is uh, Facebook. The page for our show is holymadness Show. Just search it. We come right up. And you can join the frolicking, rollicking, what's the word? Both apply. You can join the frolicking <laughs> rollicking discussion group at holy madness dash the discussion group. Oh no, discussion group. No, the discussion group. Yeah. Holy madness dash the discussion group. You can also find us on Twitter and there's email, holy madness the show at gmail dot com. Telegraphs, telegrams, snail mail. Uh smoke messages. I can't read those. Semaphore.
0: Semaphore, yeah, yeah. 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 Morse code.
1: And I'd like to mention that we feel it's time we could maybe try a live show. And so if you're in Israel and you've got a venue you'd like to host us or you want to hook us up with a particular venue, we'd love to hear about it because we'd love to give that a try.
0: I think it would be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I should also mention we have a Patreon page. We'll have a link at the... Yeah, it's always there. Yeah.
0: All right. Okay. Cool. So we called this the unintelligent design episode, but I'd like to get to that by way of another pet peeve of mine, which is Providence. Providence. What us religious Jews? That's like where something comes from, right? Is uh, I think it's a place in Rhode Island. Uh, Brown
1: University is there.
0: Is it? Yeah. I had no idea. How much bigger than Providence is Rhode Island? You'd be surprised. I would be. If we had any listeners from Rhode Island, I'd look forward to them angrily telling me the answer, but we actually don't. Not as of yet.
1: No listeners from Rhode Island? None. Who can help us find a listener from Rhode Island?
0: None of the three of them like our show. <laughs> 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 All right, but but Providence. Yes. What us religious Jews call Hashkechah Pratit, which is... Uh,
1: Private Providence.
0: Kind of, or the, on the level of the individual, but it, it's not providence because hashkacha is really guidance, or even or oversight. Yeah, oversight. See, the basic thing is, is that people like to believe in a God that runs the world. This is, you know, <laughs> not not a crazy thing to want to believe in mm. or to actually believe in. But it gets a little tricky when it comes down to the level of the individual. So my favorite example as a football fan, uh, in, 19, ah, right. in 1991, the Giants and the New York Giants and the Buffalo Bills were playing the Super Bowl. right? And the game came down to this last second field goal. That was it. The guy kicks it, his team wins. If he misses, his team loses. That's all there is to it. And so you imagine that there are a lot of people in New York that are praying that this guy misses. And a lot of people in Buffalo praying that this guy hits. And it would make a huge difference, obviously, to the lives of these people who are praying about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if someone may
1: argue that there this is a total meaning. There are are going to wind up atheists. There are atheists who are going to wind up yeah, theists. I mean, whatever, gonna-
0: whatever the, the mm-hmm. implications are, it... As much as it's tempting to say that doesn't actually have any implications, but it does, certainly on the lives of the people who care about it. And so at that moment, if you picture yourself as God, what do you do?
1: Well, who do you root
0: for? So, I mean, it happens to be the guy missed the kick. So now we know who
1: God roots for.
0: Well, it's not like a giant's for any good after that. <laughs> so not really. But... Hmm. But So maybe he just had it in for the Jets. It wasn't the Jets. It was the Bills. Oh, whatever. I mean, everyone knows God has it in for the Jets, but that's something <laughs> else completely. <laughs> no, but, but, but really, right? So, or, or look, there are things that are zero-sum things. If you mm-hmm. get a job, then mm-hmm. someone else does not get that job. If you buy this house, then someone else can't.
1: Well, it's like that uh, Mr. Bean skit where he's posing as Satan. Oh, that's so wonderful. Rowan Atkinson.
0: Okay. Um, atheists. Atheists. Over here, please. You must be feeling a right bunch of nitwits. <laughs> I think so. Never oh, mind. And finally, Christians. Christians. Ah, yes, I'm
1: sorry. I'm afraid the Jews were right. That'd be really kind. Thank
0: you. Yeah, so, I mean, that's actually a even better example, because, you know, like everybody believes their religion's the right one, and yet... You wouldn't believe in it if you didn't think it was right. Right, but when they come as... Exc- and it's interesting, because the truth is, in the last, uh, I'd say... 70 years or so, there's been this broad uh, push to make these religions non-exclusionary in the sense of, you know, right. everybody has this new idea of like, mm-hmm. oh, we all really believe in the same God and we do it in our own different
1: maybe ways. Maybe there's sort of mutual salvation. Yeah. We all wind up there. You know, we're all good people. Good people
0: go to heaven and how you worship. But this is fairly new and usually breaks down over like a, you know, sustained inquiry of more than 12 minutes. But how does that
1: work? Other well, the people are going to think about it. But part of the whole exercise is, is to not, stop right, thinking about right. It, right. Thinking is bad for you. Right. If anybody thought about it, it'd be clear we're all going to hell. Yes. But in a handbasket. I don't fit in one of those.
0: Well, they have big ones for people like you. Then it's not a handbasket. It's a bucket. It's God's hands, man. <laughs> the whole earth is his footstool. So you've got to imagine, there are a lot of people in these baskets. <laughs> He's got the whole world. <laughs> Thank you for turning a beautiful children's song into some pictures <laughs> of God dumping people in hell.
1: Damn so. it, this is serious. This is serious.
0: Well, no, but so so look, I mean, there are zero-sum things. But the truth is, it so, so for that reason alone, just mm-hmm. to start there for that reason alone to believe in a god that runs the universe down to its minute details of mm-hmm. like you know will you catch your bus this morning mm-hmm. seems hard to reconcile with reality
1: now sharpen that up for me because I, I, I don't
0: i don't see what you're saying well well look so when I say this, people's responses usually are. That's not true because if you do uh, – to, to Jews, you know, if you're doing mitzvot and you're not doing averot, then God gives you things. He responds in kind. If you do well, he gives you stuff. And and, and if you don't, you sin, then you then, – right? if you're good, you're rewarded. If you sin, you're punished. This is the business deal of God. Yes and no. It's also the God of reward and punishment. but mm-hmm. But – Look, I mean, listen, there's a Gemara, we both know it, that talks about what's considered suffering in this world. And it says if you've got a bunch of coins in your pocket, you reach your hand and you pull out the wrong one, this is already suffering. What's in, Why? Because mm-hmm. you sit there and it's, you 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 did something that, that wasn't your intentions. Right. You, you, you did not, you, you know, you experienced the... There's a
1: breakdown between the consciousness and, and the, the results. results. Right. This is always what I say about intelligent design it doesn't bother me if things come out of random processes it bothers me when things result in randomness
0: yes well we'll, we'll man, get to that later no we we actually discussed that in a funny way when we talked about uh i think i don't remember which episode it was but we were talking and i was telling you how i get stuck in traffic right i'm sitting there and i'm like oh my god i'm stuck in traffic i can't believe this and then it hits you you're living the culminate. You are
1: yes a prophecy, mm-hmm. and you're like,
0: and then at the end, but at the same time, it's like, well, that's nice, but I'm still stuck in traffic.
1: <laughs> but I'm stuck in traffic and, and it Such an amazing
0: right, and like, so you kind of hear you hear both sides. Um, so we kind of touched on 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 that aspect of it in in that way. So, anyways, people will bring up reward and punishment, which is nice, but then of course there's the old why do. Bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people. Right? These and 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 uh, you know something, you know where the, the absurdity of vote
1: already mentions. Mentions and mentions specifically to say we don't know. Right. Like in other words, like don't imagine you can figure this one out.
0: In other words, it's not causative mm-hmm. as an explanation. ...for why things happen or don't. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean there's
1: not hashkacha pratit. It doesn't mean there's not individual providence.
0: What it it does say to me... ...is that while there are things that may be hashkacha pratit... Mm -hmm. ...it is not this overwhelming, all-encompassing idea... ...that people take it to mean. I find, and I'm happy to be wrong... ...but I find that most people who believe in some kind of direct providence... Believe that it operates continuously at all times and points in all people's lives. They don't say God can directly intervene with the universe, but doesn't always. Mm-hmm. I, I I hear all the time, and so do you, about how there's an angel standing over every blade of grass that tells it to grow, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know the leaf that falls off the trees is, is that God has chosen which leaf will fall off the tree.
1: This is the the puppeteer God. Yes, and then you wonder what did these people do with freedom of will? Well, which is that, kind of important. Hold on. From the so that's where I started by mm-hmm. saying mm-hmm.
0: that if we're going to talk about intelligent or unintelligent design, we're going to wind up touching on providence. I said I want to come to it backwards, so I started
1: with providence. Mm. Hold on, before you charge into that. Yeah, I just want to point out that all we've said so far is there are people with stupid ideas.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we are some
1: of them, just not these stupid
0: ideas. Yeah, obviously. Okay, no, because I'm, I'm not talking down to anybody. I like to make that clear. Okay. So the thing is, Providence, at least in, in, in our circles, I can't talk for, for pop Christian theology because I don't pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. So I'd actually be very interested to hear from our listeners mm-hmm how these arguments play out in those circles or even if they're argued or talked about I have no idea
1: that's true you know for all the discussions i've been in and the uh, you know the discussion groups i've circulated in i i haven't heard much about providence that remotely dovetails with how jews talk about it in our circles
0: providence uses the the designer universe as a supportive argument, if you have a God that cares so deeply about all these little details of the world, well, does He not then care every minute of 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 you too? Are you not His creation? And if this particular bird, which you know only has the, it's it's amazing how they get the the evolutionary arguments exactly backwards, right? Mm-hmm. God created yep. this bird with only this beak, so God created a nut that only gets cracked by this by this beak,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? And, and and so, if God cares about...
1: It, it is true in both directions, though. No,
0: no, I understand that. Yeah. But, like, whenever you look into it, it always turns out to be exactly the opposite of <laughs> whatever it was. I just... It's one of those things, you know, I, I just find it funny how, like, unerringly, without fail, you open up the, the you know, uh, uh, Zamir Cohen book, and it's exactly the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so, so they use that as a supportive argument for direct providence. We actually touched on this in in the happiness episode we did as well mm-hmm. from that kind of angle. Where God created the whole world. He loves the whole world. He loves you too because you're, you're an aspect of that, that one thing. Mm-hmm. And we pointed out even then that, like, you're talking about a Tinker Toys creationist God.
1: I, I don't see the relationship there. I feel like you're smushing together a lot of things that don't necessarily go together. So to
0: clarify, all I'm saying is that a lot of the people who push the idea – of ever-present, mm-hmm. um, all-powerful, all-powerful, All-known. direct divine intervention and management on each individual human's level, mm-hmm. generally use the arguments of intelligent design mm-hmm. to support their assertion that this level of divine intervention and management. Exists and then they'll say that that
1: level of involvement
0: is God's love. If it gets that far, but, or His retribution. But, well, no, either so, way. Hang on. Some we touched on it before. It Depends what you like. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's a positive person. Like we're all going to hell?
1: This thing really sucked but I'm very optimistic therefore
0: look some of them some of them have a very positive psychology view of things it's not not everyone's a (laughs) lit (laughs) fuck
1: so I found out that I'm actually a lit fuck what yeah I mean like there's there's Polish there's uh, Yekish there's Austrian there's Russian But then there's this area of Poland, which is, like, the furthest north you can get, and it was changing between Poland and Russia and Lithuania, and basically they're, like, Lithuanians there.
0: You know the name of the town?
1: Uh, My mom
0: does. Hmm. Find out for me, please. Okay. We'll find out if you're actually Litvak. And if you are, this podcast is over. Oh,
1: I'm not a litvak. It's okay. I'm yekkes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know what? I'd probably rather a litvak. <laughs> but anyway, so so uh, that's all I meant. That's all I meant to point out that observationally, these things tend to be conflated because, weirdly, they're complementary to a certain worldview.
1: Okay, you see, that's all I'm saying. Okay, I don't see these things as necessarily so connected. Not. in terms of the ideas, but there's behind this. I feel a sort of ethos and pathos from the person that wants these ideas to be the case if you are somebody
0: that has in order to feel like you have
1: a personal Ah, relationship social way i see what you're saying
0: yeah Uh psychologically Mm -hmm. if you're the kind of person that's a religious person and you want it to mean something which i mean otherwise why the hell are you religious and you're ascribing reality to it because otherwise why the hell are you religious so, here is a system of thought and also a mental map of the universe, mm-hmm. which allows for God to be intimately directing everything in your life, which turns everything into communication from God. If I missed my bus, mm-hmm. God is mad at me.
1: It turbocharges your life with meaning. Yes, everything, everything is everything. now everything. meaningful.
0: Yeah. And that meaning is then built into creation itself, which was done by God's hands in his
1: intelligent design. This moment of me stubbing my toe goes all the way back to the first moments of creation.
0: Listen, I mean, you didn't grow up with this, but I sure did. You, you, you got a little uh, knock, And what, was, what would you, what'd you say? It was Ina Capara. This should be an atonement. So what does stubbing your toe have to do with, I don't know, cheating someone in business or being an adulterer? But, Whatever.
1: <laughs> this, this is actually this is actually a gemara. Correct. About the, the toe, specifically. Yes. I remember when Rav Adam Eliel Berkovitz uh, stubbed and cut his toe on something when we were in yeshiva. Uh, somehow he, he mentioned that he must have walked into, into the, the, the rabbi's office limping. And the, he asked him. What, what happened? And he explained. And then he asked, which toe was it? <laughs> because the Gamara is specific about which toe which it has toe? to be in order to get that Kapara. So it, uh, it wasn't the right toe. Oh, so now you just missed it. <laughs> yeah. Go
0: back and do it again. Okay. so So up until now, I've kind of described, I guess, or we've fleshed out a bit over where these two things overlap and particularly to who these things overlap. Whom? Thank you. Fuck. And Actually, it was more Yekish than Litfish, But okay, whatever. Bad other. And, uh, <laughs> but I, I think it behooves for me to at least explain, since I kicked all this off by kind of disparaging it, why I don't like it. Because here's the
1: thing. I, I think most of our listeners... Because you're so miserable. If everything had meaning, <laughs> it would just be utterly crushing for you.
0: Um... But
1: you're Polish. Hold, you should hold, like that. no, no.
0: Hold on. Hold that thought.
1: <laughs> hold, no, I'm
0: serious. Hold that thought. Definitely the miserable part. But <laughs> but hold that thought. But hold. On. He, here's the thing. Most of our listeners, I think, at this point, are basically saying, "Well, yeah, that's true." The, the what we just described. I mean, look. Whether you believe in a shall we call it shallow, strict, interpretation of intelligent design, where you have you know the a, a more perhaps
1: maximalist interpretation Yeah, you
0: know, like yeah, yeah, who kicked evolution off and and as everybody points
1: out if there's survival of the fittest who's picking the fittest which is a very good question by the way. I've been involved and, in like three different discussions this past week about intelligent design. Mm-hmm. And I'm still trying to sort out what the term means to different people because and, it means different and things. If there yeah. are shades and like I, the whole thing opened up and it's a mess as far as I can tell. Because it's one of those
0: catch-all phrases that people latch onto to explain their beliefs, mm-hmm. but they're not all talking about the same thing.
1: It took me a little it's while like to the figure word out that they're talking about intelligent design because they just write ID. No, oh. and I thought it like, was this something identity, and like, <laughs> and then it, I realized while I'm looking at this, you know. If the Italians got into identity politics, instead of saying, you know, cisgender, you know, black, American, yeah. Indian, half white, you know, it'd have to be like your accent.
0: Okay. Or, or which part of Italy you're from, I guess. No, 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 It has
1: to be the accent.
0: Is that it? Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. I didn't know that. I just thought that they like hitting the each other around geography. the same thing with like London. Geography. Yes and no, because the high class Brits have a different accent regardless of location. See, they I need thought. to check their privilege. So do you. Not me, though. I'm fine, because I'm a minority. So I, I just went. Hmm. So that's how it goes. <laughs> because you're blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jew. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll that definitely do it. Um, triple privilege! Uh, that's so, the kind of beer, right? What? That's the kind of beer, right? The triple part, not yeah, the, the privilege. Tri- we should make one, though, triple called privilege. triple privilege. <laughs> Market it in, like, Berkeley. <laughs> come be a hipster doofus but uh no so, so here's the thing so so people would say look whatever level and whatever meaning they're saying in ter- behind the idea of, of of intelligent design and then in terms of was you know obviously you're going to say god doesn't or you're an aristotelian god has no connection to the universe at all most people i think of, of our of our certainly are more vocal listeners mm. and i'm thinking of a few now hi guys I think they'd be sitting there going, y- "You're a heretic," <laughs> oh, <laughs> or, or for, or for the ones that aren't Jewish, going, "That that's got to be a heretic, even for Jews, right?" <laughs> How does that work?
1: Do they all agree about this? Or? Right.
0: So, so I want to explain what bothers me about it, hmm. um, and and hopefully, if I do it provocatively enough, you'll either roast me or join me in roasting them, or more likely, spray fire in both directions, and it'll it'll be great. I'm serious. So, so here's what bothers me. Well, I do have dragon energy. <laughs> <laughs> the time this you, episode. I, I must say, you are more in touch with what's going on in the talking headosphere this week than I am. I know that it refers to something, but I don't even know what. It, I've been that off the grid these days. It's the, how do you say his name? Kine West? All right. All right. Uh, you got caught that you were like part of pop culture, so now you have to butcher it. No, what's his name? Kanye. Are you serious? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if a person mispronounces a word.
0: <laughs> he learned it by reading. By reading. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I know. I had something to do with him and his tweet, but I, I didn't know what he was talking about. I was, I was like, okay, yay, yeah, dragon, whatever. Here, Here's the thing that bothers me. Because, firstly, as I started saying before, it creates this weird overspill... Of effects. So, like, if you believe in, let's say, Joel Osteen's God, which I'm pretty sure none of our listeners do, so it's a safe target to use as an example. That I'm And looking. if
1: you do, it's so good you're listening. <laughs>
0: Sorry. If you do and you're still listening, good on you. You have definitely
1: gotten rid of some of your health. Because we're going to shoot your god, <laughs> but not before you send us your money. Because that's how you—you you have to plant the seed, folks. Plant the seed. Plant yep. the seed
0: plant the seed. Patreon. Holy madness. Plant your seeds today. Anyway,
1: <laughs> I think we're in the wrong line of business. It's like a Tu episode.
0: Yeah, right. Okay, so so you you're you're a believer in the uh, Oprah Winfrey, Joel Osteen style. asking you shall receive, God. Right. So I'm asking for uh a raise at work, let's say. Okay. Now there's actually that's a bad example. I mean theoretically your your little stodgy accounting firm can suddenly somehow become the new Apple and there's enough money for everybody. So you're praying you want that house. That's a good one. There's only one house, right? You're looking at this house, and it's, it's on the market, and it's like $10,000 more than, than you can really afford, mm-hmm. and uh, you plant your seed, and you reach out to God, and, and God's going to give you the house of your dreams. Ah. Now, it just so happens to be while you're doing that, I am too.
1: You're going back to the football example. Yes. Okay. As I said, I touched on this before, but the football example is a joke. Why are both people entitled to win?
0: Hold on. So, A, I picked Joel Osteed on purpose because according to that line of thought, they never noticed that, like, two people might want one thing. There's never any acknowledgement as far as I've been able to Thou see shall not that there are winners and losers. Because everyone could be a winner. That's the whole point of this relentless... Pop positive psychology aspect of their empires.
1: Yeah, but part of it is that you don't know how you're going to be a winner.
0: You think that. I think that. They don't think that. Well, you I... tell God what you want, and God will give it to you. That's the point.
1: So, say you don't get that house, but you get a better house, then is that divine punishment?
0: That's a good question. <laughs> No, I'm being so, I'm being serious. They're not going to say it is obviously, but at least according to the 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 way that these things are explained, God will give you because no, no, you're right, obviously, because you know what's going to happen. So you don't get the house; you get a different house, and then somehow because you have to be relentlessly positive, so because God has given you blessing and blah, 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 so like you're going to discover how this house is really better, you know, you just push down all the uh, negativity until one day you, I don't know, go postal. But this reminds
1: me of the happiness episode. Yeah, well, we we touched on this by... Just, just keep being positive and things are going to work out. Right. Because as long as you choose to be positive, things are going to be good. Because God loves you well, and because God runs the universe. Well, not necessarily, but it's it's that you're choosing to be happy. And your fallback for why you should be happy is God runs the universe and he, he loves you.
0: And the unspoken part is and he will give you what you...
1: Even if he want doesn't. Or need hey, or he to exist. I mean, until you don't. Right. So, like, it's so, a great opportunity.
0: Lechayra. <laughs> we in the Talmud come up with it was better for man not to be created, but once but he once was created. <laughs> so we'll see about that. But, but anyway, so, so firstly, okay, I mentioned this before. I'm mentioning again. This is the first thing that, that bothers me is that it creates these situations where, look, sometimes people lose. Mm -hmm. So whether it's a sports game or it's two people vying for the same house or the same job or the same uh, the same woman Mm -hmm. or man. We might be a lot of things, but we're not sexist. Uh, (laughs) uh, You know, so somebody wins and somebody loses. So it's weird. This is where the this is where the the. Hashkacha pratit thing starts veering into uh, reward and punishment because they have to explain why somebody lost even though, no but seriously this is where it happens God must be punishing me, I must have done something wrong
1: you don't have to get locked into this reward and punishment thing it could also just be that there's some sort of process and you're being guided along and this thing that you thought you wanted is not what it was that you're destined for you're destined for something else so just keep going
0: okay so if you're gonna do it that way Mm -hmm. hang on i was saying this is why some people get into reward punishment other people as you're pointing out we'll talk about destiny Mm -hmm. but destiny to me seems to kind of encroach on free will to me it seems to severely limit what free will can allow I'll put it that way. Okay. Because it essentially... It's not an open-ended future. Not only is it not an open-ended future, but the that if you take the effects of every single person on the planet having a destiny, then the world is basically on train tracks.
1: What if each person has... A range of possibilities into which their destiny could be and they choose within that range and as you go through things you might get your decision tree as it were pruned by divine providence so you you don't get that house keep going and that sort of channels you in this direction So there is freedom of will because there's a range of possibilities. No, that's
0: freedom of choice. That's not freedom of will.
1: That's not Bechirach of It's at least freedom of decision and it's potentially even freedom of choice. Fine. But that's not what free will is. So when you say freedom of will and how this mitigates freedom of will, what do you have in mind?
0: Well, this is hard to explain, but I, I take free will as each person's ability to create themselves in the sense of being partners in creation. Now, your conceptions obviously are going to be limited by what you can conceive of, which has to do with, I don't know, nature and nurture and the limits of your imagination, your intelligence, whatever. I'm not pretending that free will is that you're God.
1: I but choose it's certainly to grow more. Wings. Right.
0: But it's certainly more than, than decision or even choice. Choice is a mechanism for free will to be exercised, hmm. but it is not what free will is.
1: Okay. That's beautiful.
0: And the ideas of destiny and and these ideas that kind of push everything into these neat, narrow boxes take away from that. Because then you're not talking about somebody who's self-created. You're talking about somebody who's the sum of the ingredients that went into his existing.
1: You're pushing toward a conclusion which I think we'll both agree with. Which is that if there's going to be any purpose in creation, then it's going to have to be that creation creates itself.
0: Yeah, and that's so I'm suggesting that's true on an individual level as much as it's true of creation as a whole. Mm -hmm. Which may, by the way, just to point out, be the exact same fallacy that I'm so mad at all these other people for doing (laughs) where they're connecting intelligent design and providence on the individual level. They're, it's the same mirror. If it's true on, on creation, it's true of the individual. it's true of the individual, it's true of creation. I just did the same thing. I'm admitting that. Mm-hmm. We did that in the happiness episode. Correct. Too. This yeah. is what we discussed. Mm-hmm. But, but again, here's the thing, and I, kind of, I said this up front. I'm not saying there's no such thing as divine intervention on an individual level. I'm just saying that God doesn't sit
1: there all the time. How do you know? Because stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Like this is something And and you're saying it has to be that way because of free will.
0: Right. There has to be a space mm-hmm. that's open mm-hmm. for people to exist. Mm-hmm. And if God is pushing buttons, then there isn't one. We're sort of edging up to the way rumbum sees things. I think so. Maybe. I'm not. I'm not 100 clear. My my Manidian eschatology, you know, I, 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 in terms of these subjects, I have I have general principles of how I think, how I understand what he writes. I'm not sure they're necessarily accurate. So, very possible. I'm saying, in terms of what you said, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I just I I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it definitively. Okay. See, well, look. Obviously, what you're referring to is is the Rambha makes a big point. Maimonides makes a big point of talking about how people have license. Right. And license, as it implies, means God won't stop you. Mm-hmm. If I right now choose to strangle you, God will not stop me.
1: Right.
0: And you will die. Mm-hmm. Even if, quote unquote, you weren't supposed to. Right. And how does that work? He wasn't supposed to die. God's plan, et cetera, et cetera. The Gemara actually has this <laughs> the most wild story of all. How uh, There was this uh, Amora and he was friends with the angel of death. This mm-hmm. is what it says. Yep. So one day he meets with the angel of death. They're crossing paths in the street. He says, Hey, how are you, buddy? And the guy says, I'm doing well. How are you doing? And he says, uh, So listen, I, I got to this verse and I have this question. It says, People die before their time. So there's a bit of a contradiction in there because if they died and how's it before their time and it was before their time, then how were they able to die? So yeah, the angel of death explains this whole thing. Or... Sometimes we
1: make mistakes.
0: Well, no, but it can only happen when there's a natural cause for them to die right so in the story that he gives this person was using a poker in a furnace and then they mistakenly rested it on their foot which eventually led to gangrene which killed them but the point is there had to be something like he wasn't just going to show up and just whoops (laughs) you're dead you know Which is interesting, because it implies that things still have to work within nature, or at least work within the world. They're
1: not so heebie-jeebie supernatural. There's also an idea that you get hit with divine punishment when you're in a dangerous situation. Yes. That the the punishment isn't necessarily at the same moment. It's not like you eat pork and you walk out of the Chinese restaurant and you zap with lightning. It's... That but if you you did something, then you
0: could. Then it could be be that it will right because it's kind of waiting there.
1: Right. the The beautiful thing about the Rambam's word for license is that it's reshoot It's referring to space. Yes. Domain. Which domain are you in? Right. Are you putting yourself in a domain where you're just going to do whatever, and then you'll be subject to whatever? Or are you going to choose to be in a domain when, where you're in, where you're in direct relationship with God?
0: Right. So yeah, and that's then, exactly what I'm saying. And then you
1: aren't susceptible to these random random
0: things. things. So that's what I'm saying. I think the part that annoys me with the way people talk about providence is they seem to take for granted that everybody's already in that direct domain, as we're calling it, that that space where these direct interactions take place. Where most people aren't. Not even close. Right. And that bothers me. Yeah. So I'm not denying that it exists. Mm -hmm. I just don't like the idea that people seem to have that it it always does. Mm -hmm. I certainly don't like where it leads, which can often end up in, you know, like, you uh, you should keep kosher because then God will make you rich. Oh, so basically I'm a whore. Besides that part, it's just like, do you really think that's how it works? Forgetting the fact how that if you read the God. Bible, right. Forgetting the fact that if you read the Bible, he says nothing of this sort, and all he talks about is how there will be rain in this, you know, particular country. But okay.
1: Well, metaphorically speaking, Geshem Gashmius. And- By the way, it's not a metaphor. Here's the brilliant thing of all, because I'm, I'm,
0: I'm being serious. Because in today's world, economies—they're smoke and mirrors. Because the things that are being quantified as production aren't real. If you live in a service-based economy, such as the United States Mm -hmm. or in Israel, Mm -hmm. then there's no goods. It's time. Mm -hmm. Time is being sold, essentially. Mm -hmm. An accounting firm does not produce goods, physical goods. It sells its time. A lawyer sells his time. In the old world, though, economy was food. Mm Mm-hmm. And you see, there was only one thing that went into it, which wasn't human. Economists today still measure food by how much water went into to create it. Mm-hmm. So a pound of beef takes like, I don't know, a few hundred gallons of water or something. Whereas, you know, broccoli takes like 20. Mm-hmm. So back then, it was very clear why everybody was praying to rain gods and why those words share a root? Because that was the input into the economic system. It was rain and it wasn't man made. Except in Egypt, where they were you know, using the Nile. It wasn't nothing to do with rain at all. And it's only very recently where we've developed ways to essentially have food without rain, you know. We we did drip drip irrigation, we just make it rain. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, yeah. you, you get the but but not a lot because you only need the rain to fall in the right spot. Mm-hmm. Like instead of soaking the whole ground, if you just have it rain on this one square inch, it helps. So we did that. Talking about Israeli modern drip irrigation, but it's still the input into food and into life, mm-hmm. which is like I mean, obviously besides the water, you need the actual water to. Live I'm saying I'm just
1: pointing out that there's a big step from saying you know, we need rain in this land. And if we keep the mitzvot, then there's a response to that, which would be rain. To if I just do a few more mitzvot, then somehow I'll make the we'll have an extra inch of rain.
0: (laughs) I think I think the best way to kind of sum up the argument I'm advancing. And again, for all of you listening, please come fight, scream, call me heretic. More importantly, explain why I'm a heretic uh, on the Facebook group because I, I really want to hear other people's sides uh, to this, and I think it's the I think this is the beginning of a conversation, not a not really the end
1: of one. Well, let me preempt the end of the conversation for a moment. What do you do with meaning? Are you stripping meaning out of the world? No,
0: I'm moving the the creator of meaning from something external to something internal. I imbue things with meaning, not the other way around.
1: Isn't that sort of solipsistic? No.
0: I mean what Isaiah was yelling about in his opening. in Shabbos, Chazon," mm-hmm. Right? God sits there and he goes... Who told you to keep the Sabbath and uh, the new moons and mm. and these uh, sacrifices? Meet Get rid of them it all! It's like ten, you I you know you told us I. to do them, and obviously the unspoken point is: if you think that's what I meant, you are so far off right. that forget it. You
1: might as well shack the dog.
0: Yeah, why not? <laughs> but so that's what I mean. What what makes these things meaningful is that if I'm doing them within the guise of a relationship with God, where what gives it its meaning is us, then these things are meaningful. But if they become things in their own right, if you're the type of guy that, you know, throws on some tefillin because uh, I have
1: to, mm-hmm.
0: well, you didn't really do anything.
1: See what doesn't work for me in this is that I'm sorry I feel like I'm torturing you no, 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 no. Go. what doesn't work for me in this is saying I'm going to imbue these things with meaning like what the hell am I and why do I imbue something with meaning and what does that even mean and I mean just look you know you come up with some ideal for yourself and then you go after the ideal and how long is that gonna work for unless that ideal is somehow rooted in reality so I guess when So when I look at... You're right. When I look at the mitzvot, I see them as a vehicle for me to become. And that's what I thought you were saying before about freedom of will, about creating yourself, that these are the opportunities, these are the tools that I have that are going to get me out of whatever the solipsism is and to... Let me grow into yes. something real, into a yes. real consciousness. But what 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 I and I'm, be capable of that touch and that connection. I I, with
0: I agree. There you're. Technically, it's it's both. It's symbiotic. You they have they give you some meaning as you are giving them. It, it, it go. It's a it's a it's a it's a circular relationship. I I understand. There's something beyond that because as you pointed out, so if you walk around that I'm the given, then you are you're got like the little Napoleon complex and <laughs> you think you run the universe and, you know, and tomorrow I decide that we should have an organ in the synagogue and
1: who's to say not? I agree. Or the, the tragic side of that – I know because I ran this experiment for right. years in different ways too yeah. – is that you think that you're supposed to imbue things with meaning – And, well, where the hell else is it going to come from? It better be me. It's up to me. I've got to do it. Right. And then somehow you just fail at it. How can it doesn't work? Like, I've decided this is going to be meaningful. I've decided this is beautiful. I've decided this is what beauty is. I've decided this is what's good. Right. Or this is my standard of truth or whatever. It doesn't actually work that way. You're just stuck in your own navel. Yes. (laughs)
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. It, it does go both ways. And, and both things get changed. We talked about this in our, in our uh, thing about the oral law. Why do bad ideas happen to good people? And how the entire... It's a feedback mechanism that's meant to keep... That, that winds up yes. impacting both the doer mm-hmm. and what's being done yeah. in terms of Mitzvot. I, I agree. I'm just railing against your particular viewpoint... Against one particular thing where these things are like the cosmic realities and you only have anything from them. Mm -hmm. That's all. So in response, I say, if anything, I would look, this is how I came to it in my life. This is autobiographical. I came to it by saying, no, actions are just actions. Mm-hmm. If you wave a palm frond, then all you did was wave a palm frond. Doesn't mean anything in terms of reality because you're not connecting to where what's the, the space that, that this mitzvah creates, as you pointed, mm-hmm. as you very eloquently explained it to be. You're just doing something. Actions are meaningless technically. And what'd you do? Nothing. Right. Unless it's you who are doing something. Or you who are becoming something through. Right. Doing. Yes, yes, yes. That's a much better way to put it. I'm agreeing, but I'm saying this is how I came to it, with this is why I was saying it in in such mm-hmm. a way. But yes. of course it winds up changing you for having done it, which changes what it was that was done, and over time, as we pointed out, can almost change the way mitzvot are, are, are done. Which, to, by the way, goes back to that joke you didn't like, but I still do, because this is all part of it.
1: <laughs> One of the shocking ramifications of all this is sort of a backwards ramification, philosophical ramification. Yeah. Is if we've got this right, then creation, ma which shouldn't be translated creation, but however, yeah. has to be unintelligently designed. It has to be that... There is no marionette string pulling. Wait, it has so to I want. I want. There's randomness, so I that there force can be
0: opportunities. To, I want to force you to clarify. Okay. Are you saying unintelligently designed, in the sense of not designed intelligently, or unintentional, unintelligently designed as unintelligently designed? You hear the difference? Oh yes. Okay. Um.
1: I, I think they sort of go together actually. But the the real point to make is that there there has to be a vacancy of intelligence so that consciousness can emerge and become the world. The world can become conscious. There can be conscious individuals, there can be freedom of will. Right. If there isn't that randomness, if there isn't that halal panoi
0: in mm-hmm. the language of
1: Rebbe Nachman, mm-hmm. then there's no way that there's going to be freedom or anything. It's, it, what kind of world is that for God, It's by a the puppet way? show. It's a puppet, you know, and if it's a puppet show, God doesn't even know what, have to watch the puppet show because he already wrote the script. And, he already and, he's, acting and he's acting it out. he's acting it out. It's retarded.
0: Well, it's like that old uh, thing in Kabbalah, The puppet, the puppeteer, And the puppet stage are all one. Oh. (laughs) For those of you that would like to get the joke, if you don't, it's a reference to the Kabbalistic teaching that God, Israel, and Torah are all one. Or creator, creation, and mode of creation are all one.
1: Which, by the way, isn't actually written anywhere. What do you Mm -hmm. mean? It's
0: in that song. The one that makes everybody go off the derich. Yes. And then you just watch everybody run out the back and, like, eat pork. It's great.
1: Oh, God. I haven't seen that yet. (laughs) But the the point is that you can can draw those inferences together from different places in the Zohar. But But the Zohar never says it. That's not a quote from the Zohar. Anyways. So... If the world were intelligently designed, then the forests would be a very different color. They would be black.
0: I was going to mm-hmm. vote purple
1: well, <laughs> I like purple too, and actually, there are leaves that are very dark purple and approach black, like a plum tree, for example.-hmm right. But the point is that if you're going to optimally utilize the energy that's out there
0: it should absorb all
1: weight. absorb later. as much as you can so be black if we see the leaves as green that indicates that there's energy being wasted there's green light that's being bouncing reflected out right. that, that's not being absorbed and used which means that there's waste but then why do you need all that energy in the first place So there's something inefficient going on here.
0: Yeah, just put a nuclear reactor at the bottom to power all the blinds.
1: Sure. Right? I mean, you know, we could figure out how to do it better. You know, don't put my optic nerve there; put it over there. Mm -hmm. You know, I could do with six fingers on my right hand. Then, well, then I'd be the villain in Princess Bride, but (laughs) whatever. But uh, what is it?
0: You have six fingers on your right hand. Someone was looking for you.
1: Okay, so you could come back at this and say, well, okay, you're saying that as a result of there being waste, then there's this beauty in nature, but then maybe that's just another, like a meta level of intelligent design. Why should things be designed according to your idea of efficiency? Because then you wouldn't have beauty. And you could even say, well, You know, maybe we evolved to find just whatever is beautiful
0: right I mean uh, the the argument would be basically if you grew up in a world of black trees, you'd think they then, were beautiful too yeah. ah they right. beautiful
1: black trees exactly. black is beautiful they never told us that black is beautiful
0: they never told us they never told us that black is beautiful <laughs> way to get yourself in trouble, man. <laughs>
1: So maybe the best we can do is to end with that beautiful image from Maseket Chagiga where Tohu, primal chaos, the chaos which I'm saying is so fundamental to there being any worthwhile existence Mm -hmm. and which you identified uh, in the conversation after the Why Won't You Convert episode, (laughs) which you identified in that discussion with hell. Experientially. Exp- not just experientially, but this is a fundamental reality. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there, that chaos is described as a green line surrounding the world. Of course, there's from, more to that. From which, from which emerges darkness emerges. Right. Okay. Well, oh, that sounds great. So we get more darkness. So <laughs> we went from chaos to darkness. It's right. Like, okay. Well, maybe I got out of the fire, but I'm still in the frying pan. <laughs> but but that's beautiful. Wow. That's
0: gorgeous. But explain it for the non hebrew So readers.
1: your faith, his faith, is is in the night. That's the, the time when there's faith placed in you. When you can... Well, it's
0: more than that also, because the word doesn't really mean faith. Emunah is the same root and word as craftsmanship. And we would use... Really, the word integrity. To explain what it is,
1: there's trust placed in you to to be, be your you, craftsman,
0: right? To be your own crafts, to craft yourself. Hashem barah Elohim la'asot. Exactly. So yeah, that's that's a that's a beautiful poetic way to add. On that note, we look forward to your feedback. A happy Lag full of
1: light, to all, and please connect with us via Facebook, Twitter, email, Patreon. Send a pigeon.
0: (laughs) Signing out.
1: Shalom. Shalom.